everybody. Welcome to In the Doghouse. My name is Andrew, and this is with, with this is my wife, Haley. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Sorry. I, I, Did you I'm, forget who I was for a minute? No, I didn't forget who you were. I, I forgot who I was. Oh. So I had... Is it that time of night? It is. Where the, the Alzheimer's otherwise, case. Otherwise known as 9.15. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, this is my mug. It's full of water. We, we actually talked about, uh, in different formats of podcasting, introducing the drinks that we have every episode because I'm, I'm always holding a drink in our podcasting this is true i don't remember this conversation but this was months ago this is a long time ago um and it only happened i think once we only talked about it just one time but it stuck with me because it meant a lot to me and interesting i have water today <laughs> that's <laughs> we what both i have. have water i need to hydrate so give me one second i'm gonna take a sip i got mine down here mm. I'm, a, I'm a yeti fan you actually have water this time yeah. You didn't have any drinks before. I've always had my water sitting down there. I never saw it. <laughs> what the heck? Um, yeah, she has a Yeti. Uh, I don't have a Yeti because I'm not bougie. I have a chill out. I've never even heard that brand before. That proves how awesome That's it how is. That's how non-bougie it is. <laughs> no, it's, it's, uh, it's served me well these many months since not 2021 winter, but 2020 winter. I've had it. Um, leading into 2021. So Christmas around Christmas time. I got it, I believe. Um, anyways, enough chit chat time to talk about dogs. (laughs) Um, no. So last week we kind of ran through our, uh, the history of rise above the pack, how you got it started, uh, how we met, how I came into play. Um, and it was interesting. It was informative. Uh, first of all, I want to say, 10 people have listened so far to this podcast, Woo-hoo! all 10 of you, whether it's one person listening on 10 different devices or five people listening twice a piece. <laughs> Is that how it works? I mean, on each platform or something? No, that wouldn't be five people listening to it. Tw- would it be five people listening to it? Tw- whatever. I don't know thank what you to anyone who listened. Uh, thank you to um, the avid listeners. Anchor is the platform that we're doing this on, and it tells you what the person is whether it's male or female it tells you what platform they're listening to it on and the majority of people listen to it on you said apple apple at first it was like apple Podcasts that was kind of the majority for a little bit and now it's a little bit more on spotify but right but we're not going to bore all the new listeners with (laughs) chit chat about old stuff you guys can go back and listen to this episode uh that we did before um but we're on here with episode two or just the next episode um I'm so, going to plug this in a little yeah, bit so it's it. not at the end of the episode. It's at the very beginning. So right. maybe it'll catch people's sure. attention a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So um, I kind of made a story today on Instagram of kind of right. letting people know, hey, half of this podcast is more of like yeah. us helping you guys with sure. things that you want help with. So right. asking questions or um, specific topics and stuff like that. So I'm just going to let you guys know that y'all have been a little quiet. Just a little bit. On the Instagram stories. I can tell like people that have watched it and yeah. no one's responded. And I think I've had at least 50 people look at all my Instagram stories and not one person has like sent in a question, which sure. is fine. Like if you don't have a question, that's it's fine. Totally fine. But. But do better, please. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. Even if it's the most basic, like yeah. how do I get my dog to sit? How sure. do I get my dog to stop jumping? Yeah. How do I get my dog to uh, get off the couch? So, like yeah. basic stuff or more mm-hmm. topical things let us know yeah just give us give us things because this podcast is not I've, I've been doing podcasts for years obviously the point of the podcast is to start and get people comfortable and interested in what you're yeah. talking about totally fine i'm just saying and we're just saying that if you guys have a specific topic regarding anything in the dog world mm-hmm. let us know yeah. you might know the answer to it we might not know the answer to it we might be able to help you work through the answer 
Because there will be times where we like have specific topics that we want to talk about and stuff like that. But a lot of what this is, is to give out free content and continue to help people in a different format. Um, So the way that that's going to work is if you guys are kind of meeting us halfway and helping us out a little bit. So um, we're not shaming you. No, but we we are shaming you. (laughs) But we're, we're I, I feel like, and I said this to you earlier, I feel like all the people that watch it is like, oh, I'm sure plenty of other people sent in questions. Yeah. So I'm that one person that doesn't need to. Yeah. And everyone's doing the same thing. So I've literally only gotten one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, which is going to be the topic of today, because even though it was just one question, it's actually something that we could probably do a whole episode on just because yeah. I think it could help a lot of people. Sure. But um, real fast before yeah. we move on. As she said, don't assume that everybody else is asking questions. Or if you think your question's like stupid, don't I, worry does about not that. matter. <laughs> Proceed to ask your question because that will give us ground to continue moving up the ladder. Yeah. Not of fame. We don't care about fame. We just care about answering your questions and helping in the best way that we can. Well, and how you can do that too is I post Instagram stories all the time of like yep. plugging of like, hey, send them here. Yes. Um, so what you can do is always reply to that Instagram story right. or you can just shoot us an actual message on yeah. rise above the pack yep. on instagram um just look or, up rise above the pack instagram. yeah or That's on facebook do. so um yep. message or response to the story works totally fine yep. just preface be like hey it's yeah. a question i want you to answer on the podcast or even whatnot. if it's like hey what's your favorite dog breed yeah what kind of dog breeds have you worked with just very generic stuff just ask away anyways <laughs> moving on to the topic of today yeah so the one question we got which yep. Thank you, Meredith. I'm pretty sure it was yeah. Meredith. Good old Meredith. So Thanks. it's actually, so in the previous episode, I mentioned that I worked for a previous dog training company. Right. Um, and so that was actually, I'm, I'm still friends with them. So oh, she that was, was a she, true story. Yeah. <laughs> so kidding. she's actually the one that sent in this question, which yeah. I really appreciate. So she pretty much just said, what nuggets of advice would you give someone um, that is about to bring home a puppy? Okay. So puppies. Which Christmas just passed. I feel like. Yeah. People give out puppies for Christmas mm-hmm. as gifts all the time. So I feel like yeah. it's kind of puppy season. Um, Santa brought you a terrorist. I feel like we've already gotten a couple of contact forms for puppies in general too. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I don't think we've ever really talked about this of like puppy mm-hmm. training per se or anything like that. So I'd be curious to see yeah. like off the top of your head mm-hmm. from what you've learned these past couple of months, kind of right. apprenticing and stuff like mm-hmm. that. What do you, what do you would Let's see what your little nuggets of advice are, and then we'll see if how terribly wrong or right you are. <laughs> um, get a puppy and deal with the consequences. Oh boy. No, uh, don't do that. I, ge- I genuinely feel like you should not go into purchasing a puppy or, or getting a puppy blind. Oh, yeah. For Unders- sure. Understand what you're taking in when you do this. Mm-hmm. Um, puppies are dog babies and you need (laughs) you need to understand that they need constant attention uh they need constant guidance they need constant everything uh you're probably gonna have to get up in the middle of the night every night for two months straight to take them out to the bathroom yeah you're you're gonna have to do a lot that you wouldn't have to do with an older dog uh i've already talked to you about this i want a puppy golden retriever (laughs) i want a golden retriever she already has a dog shyla we already have a dog shyla I've never had my own dog, and I want a dog named Shyla. Sh- uh, Sh- we already have a dog named Shyla. <laughs> I'm sorry, Shyla. Apologize. <laughs> She's right outside the door. Uh, I want a golden retriever, um, and I want to name him Indy after Indiana Jones. Yeah, I think that's, that's cute. That's what I want to do. Uh, anyways, point is, um, <laughs> there are large responsibilities with it. So understand the basic responsibilities. It's yeah. not. It's not a playground. 
That didn't that didn't work. I that feel analogy like didn't work. A lot of people find so much enjoyment of like, oh, let's go get someone a puppy. They're so cute. And they don't think about like that you're literally having to raise yeah. essentially a baby yes. for a couple of months. Like I don't yeah. think people really realize how much work it is, especially yeah. if they already have a work schedule. Is the puppy gonna be cute when it's taking a dump on your couch? <laughs> Ask yourself these questions. You know, I've heard stories because I told you before my my dad, who's had a best friend since first grade, he and still is his best friend, but he breeds dogs like professionally, um, not for a living, but it's like a side job they do. But they do like pure breeds, mm-hmm. and so they get you know they pay thousands of dollars to have these dogs. But um, <laughs> I told my my train of thought just completely. Oh my exploded. gosh, you're becoming like me. I yeah I am. <laughs> No, sorry, I remember. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, the... Are you sure you didn't lose it? I lost it again. <laughs> what was I going to say? No. Dog breeds. Dog breeds. Your dad's friend. Dad's friend. <sighs> Do we need to move on? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Move on. I'll let you know if I think about it. Anyway, so there, it's pretty much like raising a child for a little bit. So it's yeah. not something that you just take lightly for the heck of it um so the whole topic of the question was what advice would you give yeah people so the first advice is make sure you have enough time yeah <laughs> um and what i mean by that is for potty breaks mm-hmm. teaching and training yep socialization mm-hmm. um and purely just like your work schedule so many people are like yeah. i work all day my dog can't hold it all day right and they keep having accidents yeah what do I do? It's like, <laughs> well, you either have to find somebody that can come over, let your dog out, or you're kind of stuck in that cycle of your dog wearing the bad habit of going to the bathroom wherever you're kind of keeping them yeah. confined when you're at work. Um, so make sure you have time. Cause like mm-hmm. I said, when you have a, an eight week old puppy, my general rule of thumb, this is a pretty common thing. It re- can, can, can depend on the puppy sometimes. Yeah. Um, but in general, they can really only hold it at night for however many months they are so if you know they're about eight weeks old when you first bring them home you know they can probably hold it for about two hours yeah um so you know the first couple i'm sorry say say that last part again i thought you said eight months old sorry eight weeks did i say eight months you said eight months oh god so i thought eight hours no 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 no. (laughs) eight weeks old so yeah so so if they're eight weeks old that means they're two months old yes so they can probably only hold it for two hours Yeah. yeah okay um, now there obviously is some puppies where even though they're that little, if you got them on a really good schedule and they're super tired, you might be able to let them sleep for about four hours yeah. or something until they kind of wake you up. Right. Um, but it, you're, I mean, you're going to have a lot of potty breaks in the middle right. of the night, which is why I always tell people if you're getting a puppy, coordinate that with the mm-hmm. weather. Right. So if it's snowing and freezing outside, yeah. you're going to be <laughs> less enthusiastic about going outside every two hours to mm-hmm. let your dog out. So usually it's nicer when it's a little bit warmer out. Yeah, we had a dog come in. I forget the name. I don't even know if we should say the name if I did remember. But we had a dog that was here. And one of the issues that it was having was constantly just randomly peeing in her crate. Um, So for two weeks, forget if it was a week or two weeks, we, one of us, we altered days, but... Um, well, yeah, she was here for two weeks, so we pretty much did it for the majority of it. Yeah, but we would get up every morning at four o'clock and take her out, come back in. And this is all winter time. This is all like late December, 
or you know November December ish. Um, it was the, during the first round of dogs that we had together as a Oh, couple. and this is also when we had the flu. At we the same, the we both got the flu. <laughs> Sucked so bad. So not only did we feel miserable, yeah. we were also still working mm-hmm. with the dogs that were here, and we had a puppy that still needed to go out in the middle yeah. of the night. <laughs> yep. So usually requirement-wise, yeah. just so everybody knows, if, like, if we have a dog coming in for our puppy program, yeah. um, the minimum requirement is that they're at least four months old. Yeah. So that's usually so they can hold it throughout yeah. the night. And By the way, because you mentioned the flu. Yeah. Let me make this very clear to everybody. We did not go around people during the flu oh, i don't no. i don't want you to, to think like oh we we just invited people in to do go home sessions oh, no. with the flu we did not do that no, we no. made sure we were done with we the flu. even rescheduled yes some of them we because had to, of we it. Had to turn uh i think it was we had to turn a dog down yeah we turned we the dog the down flu. we also rescheduled a pickup session yep. because we had the flu and we're like we're not yeah. gonna get so anybody we kept sick the dog for so if you're days. thinking does these people even care <laughs> about our health yes we do don't worry and not Anyways. to mention um we still worked with the dogs i don't want people to think we were Laying no, in no, bed no, all yeah, day. no, no, we were not laying in bed all day. <laughs> when you we, got work, we like, worked. it doesn't matter if you have yeah. the flu. <laughs> we were definitely like a, I, I just don't want to work with them. Oh, yeah, we sounded right terrible. Now. Yeah, we sounded like we're alive. goblins. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so requirement is being at least four months old for a one-week puppy program yeah. and um, being crate trained, and that's for any dog that comes in. Right. So for this dog, we didn't realize that she was really having that issue until mm-hmm. she came in. So normally, we don't have to do that for puppies once sure. they're here yeah, yeah, just yeah. for our sanity yeah <laughs> um sorry i'm just recognizing on the ipad that it doesn't have yeah, seconds we, we didn't switch it before we started um so it's literally we don't it's, it's doing like right now it says that we're at 383 i wonder if is that seconds i think it is huh. so instead of anyways point is we don't know how long this episode is going to be because we can't gauge it. No yeah, more. we cannot gauge it. So uh, just stick with us. Stick with us. We're fine. Um, By the way, back to the whole uncle thing yeah. that I derailed. Oh, did you remember? I didn't. So I'm just oh. going to let it go and <laughs> okay. not worry about it. If it comes back, I'll let you know. Watch. Like Two seconds from three now. Three hours later, that. you're yeah. going to be like, I remembered. Yeah. Um, so yeah, make sure you have enough time. So we kind of tackled yeah. potty breaks, um, stuff like that. And mm-hmm. even during the day, even for an eight week old, right. we're probably going to take it out every single, right. Probably, probably every 30 minutes, yeah. 30 to 45 minutes during the day. Right. Obviously you want to make sure after they eat or drink, they need to go back out to the bathroom. Yeah. Um, same I, thing at night too, like before they go yeah. to bed, you want to make sure you kind of cut that off a couple hours before. So you're kind of getting as much out of their system as possible mm-hmm. to, you know kind of make sure accidents don't happen even though you're taking them out so frequently at night right um so there's a lot of timing and scheduling that goes in so Mm -hmm. time management in general is just a huge thing so kind of working off that i do have to go this route simply because i'm thinking about this as somebody who eventually who wants to be a dad (laughs) um the eventuality of us getting like a dog for our future kids Mm mm-hmm I'm not going to tell the, the listeners how to raise their children. That's not what I'm doing here. I'll make that very clear. But this is all part of the dog philosophy and kind of mixing that into what I would suggest or what I would not suggest. Me, as someone who wants to be a dad who is not yet a dad, because the process of having a puppy is very extensive in training, potty breaks, everything we just mentioned. Mm-hmm. If you're going to, or if I, sorry, I won't say you are, because again, I'm not going to tell you how to parent, <laughs> but I would not get a puppy 
to say, I'm not, I'm not going to get a puppy from my child saying, oh yeah, uh, if you, if we get you this puppy, you're going to have to take care of it and all this kind of stuff. Like you're definitely going to have to be the one who does it. Your child who's 12 years old is not going to do these things unless you're very pinpointed in what you're doing. So me as a dad who would know how to operate, it would sort of be like a shadowing session. You know what I mean? Like these are the things you need to do with your dog. Mm -hmm. But that was kind of the thing I would lead into is would you get or would you suggest rather that you give a puppy to a younger child, 12, 13 years old? I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with it because I think some parents are taking the route of like, I want to add more responsibility into it on top of they have a love for animals. So it kind of comes hand in hand. But like you said, where I think a lot of people kind of get themselves in trouble, where they get frustrated is like, I got this dog for you. You said you'd take care of it. And now it's kind of like a... It's all me. It's all me, which at the end of the day you're the parent yeah right like they're your kids like yeah. you run the household so at the end of the day yes even though you're it's more of your child's dog and mm-hmm. they're more involved um it is a lot of it's still going to be up to you to actually make sure that dog is raised right because your kids don't know better right. you know what i mean they don't know what they're doing so yeah. they're definitely going to need a lot of help in that area mm-hmm. and guidance and obviously i mean they're kids so you're, you can't expect them to do right but that's the thing <laughs> do you, everything you can't expect them to do everything but unless you have a really 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 motivated kid that has no sure. problem doing everything but. right because the kid is going to know probably quicker than you will that this dog is no longer just cute it's a responsibility yeah and you know it wants to look at it wants to hold it but it doesn't want to clean its crap it doesn't you know it, the, the 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 process the responsibility please drill this into your children's head because if they ask for one, you're like, I don't think you know what you're getting into. Well, that leads me into another good piece of advice of making sure even if you're adding a dog, even if you're adding a dog to um, the picture for your child, make sure the entire family is on board for having that animal because it will end up as a family dog. And if you're primarily getting it for your kid and then you've got a couple other kids or someone in the house that said, well, we made the agreement of, I'm not touching this dog. Then you kind of have a divided family of now if this dog has issues or it needs to be more of like a group effort. Yeah. There's actually a lot more tension and frustration in the house because not everybody wanted the dog. Yeah. Um, And that in turn isn't necessarily fair for the dog because Mm -hmm. now they're lacking what they need. And then they got one person that's trying to juggle it all. And it's just really frustrating. And eventually uh, it's, it's difficult in a lot of situations, I would guess, I haven't seen a lot of situations, but there's very rarely situations where people are dividing the responsibilities equally. Mm-hmm. It normally falls to the wayside of one person to kind of take the most of the responsibility for it. Yeah. Whether that's the parent or the child or whatever. But like you, you got Shiloh when you were 18 or 16? 16. 16. Were you doing it all yourself or were you, were your parents helming that all? No. I mean, I was 16 years old. Yeah. So it, she, I literally did everything. Right. She was not my parents' responsibility. She right. was mine. So but they agreed to get her is the point. Right. Yeah. Okay. She was the birthday gift. Um, but obviously I was 16. So I was definitely of an age where I'm like, I'm pretty close to being an adult. Like it's not like a, a 12, 10 year old, sure. you know what I mean? Where you, they need help. Like yeah. I'm a fully functioning person that <laughs> could more than handle the responsibility, the responsibility of yeah. fully doing it myself. So and that's the other thing. A lot of parents will go, will look at the duck because it's all situational. Yeah. You get to a point where it's like, this situation and this situation, they've, you know, two families, each of them have the same amount of kids. They do the exact same job, whatever. Just say that this is an example. Yet one family might be more willing to take a dog than the other family. Mm-hmm. So if it's situational to a point where you're like, 
it's impossible to take this dog right now, that's fine. This yeah. is this is about you and your family and what your family can take on and what it shouldn't take on. Just note that puppies are not just to look at. Mm -hmm. They're animals that need help. They need training. They need all these things. And if you're not willing to invest that time and effort, don't get a puppy. Yeah. So you're kind not. of going into like the training aspect of yeah. that. A part of what's a really big portion of that too is the breed. So yeah. I see so many people that they're like, oh my gosh, German Shepherds are so cute. Yeah. Or, um, you know, a Doberman or an Australian Shepherd or something mm -hmm. like that. And I think a lot of people forget that even though they're cute, they're still a specific breed that has specific drive and genetics, yeah. um, specifically like a working breed mm -hmm. where they might not actually be the best fit to be a family dog. Because yeah. if you want a dog that can just be lazy with you all day, go on random walks, you know, happy go lucky, easy yeah. going, you're not necessarily going to want a working breed that actually needs to have some sort of guidance um, and a job essentially throughout the day where they're kind of keeping everything in check because that's where you get um you know somebody that wanted an apartment dog and they got a german shepherd and oh yeah my dog's barking at every single person that comes to the door every single noise outside mm -hmm. they're hyper all the time they can't relax and i'm i kind of tell people i'm like well you have a working dog so it doesn't necessarily mean you need to make them a police dog yeah. which a lot of people kind of you know go that direction of like oh working dog they need to do you all know these things. they need to have like an, a specific outlet which sometimes help yeah um but it's more of just, you know, adding in training, giving them an outlet that's productive. So mm -hmm. going for like what I call a structured walk. So rather than them just pulling you everywhere and getting amped up and excited about everything, you're actually teaching them how to focus and calm down and relax and actually, you know, mentally stimulate their brain by focusing hard and actually right. paying attention to you. Right. Um, or during the day being like, hey, go to place, relax. Mm -hmm. I don't need you freaking out about everything. So sure. kind of giving them direction. And also when they do do those things, because again, they have personalities, they, they struggle just like humans do. They need to be taught things. Yeah. Be patient. Do not. Do not get upset. I struggle with this. Because again, I work with dogs and sometimes I'll get upset and I'll be like, I just need to be away from dogs right now. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. Everybody's allowed to do that. I'm just saying, just take a deep breath, go to your corner for a little bit, whatever, but just continue, you know? <laughs> Yeah. Keep working. So I know we didn't really talk about this, but yeah. I think we were going to start doing little breaks in between segments of podcast episodes and stuff yes. like that. So do you want this to be a little break Perfectly for a second? Fine. And then we we'll kind of jump back into it. Mentally. Okay, everybody, we'll be right back after these messages. <laughs> okay, we're back. <laughs> so what were we talking about? been 20 minutes um <laughs> <laughs> it's been literally 20 minutes it's literally seconds for y'all but yeah um so i think uh we were talking about pretty much just making sure everybody in the house is on the same page yeah so there's no frustration or right. like they're your responsibility and there's no one's harboring like resentment or yeah. anything like that um yeah so uh, do you have anything else to add to that I really tried hard during the ad break to think about what I was going to say before, but <laughs> I couldn't figure it out. Um, I really want a puppy. Yeah. I, it's interesting because th the whole puppy question, like I understand the responsibility involved with getting a puppy, but because of the situation we're in, well, in all the different categories, I'm, I'm fine getting a puppy. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because my desire to have a puppy in the house that I can call mine transcends or goes above the responsibility I know needs to take place. Mm -hmm. um, 
so yeah, I, yeah. Can we get a puppy? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We'll have to talk about that more. Yeah. I think we will. Eventually. Hey, who knows? Maybe we can revisit the subject for a second round. You know, once we do get a puppy, if we get a puppy, can we please get a puppy? Come, come along with the, the chronicles of yeah. little Indy. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I am like, Hey guys, this is episode two of puppies. Uh, we have one now. Um, don't get a puppy. It's not really <laughs> yeah. But, um, so besides all the training, besides all the, all the, we didn't even touch on training. Did we not? No. I thought we did. Well, it kind of goes hand in hand with like time yeah. management and everything like that. But right. I think a lot of people forget that if you actually want a good family dog, you actually need to take the proper steps of teaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, potty training is a yeah. really big thing. So you need time to do that. But that's also something you teach. So what yeah. we do is uh, utilize crate training because right. it's a huge portion of what helps confine your dog from making the wrong choices. And then you can kind of give them... Uh, you know, the options of where it's best to go to the bathroom. So rather than your dog free roaming sure. around the house and constantly having accidents, if you can't keep your eye on them right. or even just getting into anything, crate training your dog is going to be super helpful because most dogs have that um, that kind of innate sense of they don't want to go to the bathroom in their own little area if they can't get out of it. So yeah. if, you, if you crate train a puppy where obviously you want them, to have enough room where they can turn around and kind of lay down comfortably, but you don't want them to have so much room where they can go to the opposite end of the crate, go to the bathroom and still have enough space to get out of it in the other corner. Um, and so what that's going to do is kind of make them feel like, uh, I have nowhere to go to the bathroom. So it kind of helps them feel like they need to hold it a Mm -hmm. little bit. And so that's where you build the habit of, okay, you go outside to go to the bathroom. And then when I can't watch you, you can't be supervised. You're going back in your crate. So we're giving our puppy less chances to just pee on the carpet or on the floor. Right. Um, and so that's going to help with house training in general. Plus you're also great training your puppy. So two birds with one stone. Yeah. So when you have to leave the house for errands and stuff like that. Um, now obviously when they get older, you know, one or two years old, that's where you can start seeing if you can't leave them out a little bit, if that's something you desire. I don't think that's anything a dog actually needs to do, you know, at a certain age. Yeah. Yeah. So many people are like, when can I leave my dog out? And I'm like, well, our dog is eight and we don't leave her out when we leave. She could be left out. I don't feel like she'd do, she wouldn't do anything. Yeah. Um, but part of the thing is, is that everyone's goal when they leave the house is for their dog to be comfortable, not be anxious, just to be able to relax and just hang out. Mm -hmm. Um, which is essentially the same thing they do in the crate. They literally don't do anything. You don't want your dog to chew anything up. You yeah. don't want your dog to go to the bathroom anywhere. You just want them to hang out right. and be relaxed and just kind of sleep while you're gone. Mm-hmm. That's literally the same thing they do in the crate. So, yeah. we, you know, people mentally look at it like, I feel bad that they're confined. But mm-hmm. if your dog's not confined and they do what they need to do, yeah. they're literally just going to lay there all day yeah. and not do anything. Um, it's the same thing in the crate. So a lot of people feel bad, but I tell them like, don't feel bad uh-huh. about crating your dog when they're literally going to be doing the same thing. You're just specifically taking away their option from going to the bathroom or tearing something up while yeah. you're gone. Um, which some dogs, like I said, can have that responsibility and they're fine being left out. But other dogs, if they have that much freedom and they're bored, they literally just can't handle that much yeah. responsibility. Um, so I tell people, I'm like, if you have to crate your dog when they're four years old, that's not a bad thing. There's right. nothing wrong with that. Um, Cause like you said, we still create Shyla yeah. and she's eight, almost nine and it's not an issue. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah. Kind of going off of that. Cause we're talking about like all the training involved mm-hmm. with puppies. Again, I've never had a puppy right. young enough, like eight weeks, you know, to, to understand that process. But 
I would assume just based off of how it's run based off what I've heard just in general for the first little while to in a good way the puppy is going to be running the show a little bit because you have to abide by certain uh stipulations that the puppy has that you have to work them out of yeah their basic needs that are just there yeah because you can't stop them in the blink of an eye from taking a crap in their crate if you leave them in a little bit too long right you can't stop them from you can do things like confining their space a little bit more making the crate a little bit smaller so they don't feel like you can go to the bathroom in the corner all that stuff Mm -hmm. but like getting up every two hours to go use the bathroom you can't change that unless you work at it right which is why the training is in place in the beginning Mm mm-hmm but I'm just saying the. I'm I'm assuming just from like a family standpoint, you get a puppy and you're looking and you're like, okay, this is a it's a lot more work. It's not impossible, but I just don't know what else to do. Which mm-hmm. is the whole point of this podcast. We right. help you, and you know, you know, we kind of pinpoint what you can do in instances where you don't feel like you have an answer. But just right off the bat, the idea of us getting a puppy. We would know what to do because you know what to do. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to yeah, do. Yeah, I would have to help you out. <laughs> um, yeah, you'd have to help me. And it's it's my first thought is we get a puppy, get up every two hours to take him out to use the bathroom, whatever. But at what point in the process, like how long are these processes normally go? I know it depends on the puppy and the breed and some of these things. But for somebody who's getting a puppy mm-hmm. who is eight weeks, let's just start there. Um because a lot of people ask us in go home sessions, well, how long do I have to do this for? Mm-hmm. How long do I have to do that for? Whether it's e-collars or place training or whatever. Um, I'm assuming, uh, just like we always teach, that repetition is important. If you don't yeah. repeat the process and consistently keep th- things in this puppy's head or the dog's head, it's just going to become an empty thing mm-hmm. that they no longer have to do. So for an eight-week-old puppy, yeah, that was a, that was a long <laughs> trail to this question. But for an eight-week-old puppy... What would you say is the time frame in which it would take just kind of generic normally for a puppy to learn how to hold it? Well, at a certain point, you can, like I said, you can add in a lot of training and kind of adding in that structure and yeah. kind of habits, right? Um, to like, you know, hold it when you're inside, go to the bathroom outside. Right. Obviously, it's going to take a couple of weeks for that kind of concept to fully kick mm-hmm. in some dogs take to it much faster than yeah. others it just invest depends. in paper towels <laughs> <laughs> um but in general even though they might understand the concept yeah doesn't mean their bladder can actually hold it once they understand it mm-hmm. so it's not like a oh no you fully understand the process and how this works your dog can't just magically hold it all night because then now they know where they can and can't go right at a certain age they physically just can't hold it for as long as you need them to even though they fully understand i'm supposed to go outside so if you keep going past that limit being like well you should know better Mm -hmm. if they physically can't hold it that's not their fault right um so that's where like i said it depends on the dog if they're kind of showing you signs where they can hold it longer and they're sleeping all night and they don't they're you know they're not waking up being like hey i need to go out yeah um you know that's where you might just need to go more often if they just, you know, can't hold it, if they're having more accidents and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of leads me to another thing for, um, you know, being in the crate. So I always tell people, you know, the first, you know, 
month or two Mm -hmm. or just in general i don't usually recommend people crate their dog in the bedroom the reason for that is because (laughs) a lot of dogs become codependent yeah on you being in the same room for them to be okay yeah to sleep um so a lot of people are like you know he's fine at night but as soon as i leave the house or i leave the room he starts screaming he starts crying he starts whining Mm -hmm. um and you start to build that codependency um which then in turns into anxiety and separation anxiety of you're conditioning your dog to only be okay in there when you're present. Yeah. Um, so that's why I tell people create them in a random part of the house um, where they can still hear everything and see things going on, but they know, okay, even when people are home yeah. or they're not here or it's at night, I'm okay yeah. by myself. And so you're not unintentionally creating that separation anxiety. Sure. Um, it's the same thing with like just randomly creating them throughout the day for the little naps and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, they don't need to be out with you 24 yeah. seven. They need to know, okay, when I go, my time to relax and sleep is in the crate. So you're yeah. creating good habits of they're able to relax in the sure. crate. Yeah. I, and that, that actually leads me to a question. Cause my first thought is like, okay, so ba- just again, just a short answer. Mm-hmm. Would you start, what, at what age would you start putting the crate with the puppy in it in a different room? Like immediately? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I'm wondering what the correlation between that is and sort of going back to like the baby mentality, like mm-hmm. with a baby, newborn baby, um, you typically have the newborn baby in the same room as yeah. you for a little bit of time. Mm-hmm. But then eventually, not too terribly long after yeah. a matter of months later, you start putting them in a different room. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't know if there was a correlation between that or if it's the opposite or whatnot. Yeah. So usually when you get your dog home, yeah. no matter what, they are going to struggle for probably close to a week. And the reason for that is they're not used to yeah. not being without their litter sure. mates. Um, so naturally the whole concept of them being by themselves is going to be completely new. Yeah. So I would say, if you're going absolutely nuts, yeah. if you feel like you need some sort of buffer to kind of transition from them being fully by themselves, yeah. if you feel like it would help them to start understanding the concept of being okay in a crate, mm-hmm. you can have them in their bedroom for a little bit, yeah. not long, yeah. but just enough for them to kind of start getting comfortable. But then I would very quickly kick them out of the room because, mm-hmm. like I said, you start creating that codependency of I'm only okay when you're with me. Yeah. Um, so like I said, if you're struggling really bad, you can kind of see if you can't use that a mm-hmm. little bit just to help them understand the idea and then sure. move it out. But I usually just, I mean, it's kind of cold turkey anyways of, you know, they're not with their litter mates anymore. They're not going to be a fan of being by themselves or being created anyways. Yeah. So if you can kind of just, like I said, cold turkey it for a week yeah. where they're just in a completely different room and work them through it. Um, and a lot of people think, oh, well, if I have a baby, I kind of need to be able to hear them when they're crying and stuff. Mm-hmm. Dogs are a little bit different of... <laughs> Um, they don't need to be monitored, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, like a child doesn't in, yeah. in the same sense of like, are you breathing? You know, sure, like, yeah, yeah. you know, like a human. So, um, they're kind of self-sustaining in a small amount when they're puppies. Yeah. Cause I mean, you don't need to feed puppies every two hours in the middle of the night. No. You know what I mean? Like you don't have to wake yeah. them up, it's make sure ex- they're fed. It's not exactly like a baby. Not at all. No. But, I think a lot of people are worried too that, oh, well, if he needs to get up and go to the bathroom, yeah. I'm not going to hear him. Puppies scream. You'll They're hear loud. Them, you know? Unless you so, have like thick walls. So, unless you put them in the basement and you're all the way upstairs, like that's a yeah. different story. But if they're in another room in the house, like if yeah. they're awake, you're you're going to hear a puppy sure. squealing. <laughs> yeah. And that's that, that kind of goes into what I was going to say earlier was like, what, one of the things that I see a lot with just observing go home sessions that we're a part of. 
is the owner's consistent worry. Mm-hmm. What about this? What yeah. about this? And they assign feelings yeah. to the dogs yeah. that they don't have. Mm-hmm. This dog is not worrying about what you're worried about. Mm-hmm. And, you know, well, what about this? What about this? Like, w- one of the things with the e-collars, like, we had a client who was like, well, at what time, at what point can we take the e-collar off? Mm-hmm. Which is a legitimate question. Totally legitimate. Yeah. I'm just saying there's a there's an extent, because they were still assigning like a feeling of like, oh, it it's sort of a punishment. And we already gone into this in the last mm-hmm. episode. It's not a punishment. It's just a way to communicate. So, Or a lot of people just assume of like, when can I get rid of training tools? Yes. And I'm putting quotations around that when I say training, training tools. tools. Yes. Um, our dog is eight years old and she still needs training tools. We still have an e-collar for her. We still create, you know, create her whenever we go somewhere. She still wears a prong collar she and an e-collar when we go for, collar walk. for walks. And it's all for that. the same reason that I tell all the clients yeah. when they ask me about training tools. At the yeah. end of the day, I want to be able to effectively communicate with my dog when I yeah. need to because I can't perfectly control outside yes. situations that come in contact with her. Correct. Um, and she's not a robot. Right. She's her own dog. She has her own personality. Yes. So even though she knows better and all these things, yeah. at the end of the day, I am still going to need to effectively be able to communicate with her right. on a daily basis to make sure um, that she can be involved in everything and we can like enjoy our mm-hmm. life together so that she can still do more things with us and be a part of everything. Right. And so when people are trying to figure out when they can kind of get rid of training tools, what I tell people is... Well, if you get rid of training tools, you're going back to the basic tools you were using before. Yeah. So you're literally swapping one tool for another. Yeah. doesn't matter, you know, training tools in mm-hmm. quotations or anything else. You're literally just taking one tool and you're switching to another. And all you're doing is taking a, you know, one tool that actually helps you effectively communicate to one yeah. that doesn't help you do it at all. Right. But you're still... You know, expecting a result. Right. And so I tell people of like, there might be specific scenarios or... Um, you know, a couple months down the line where in the house and stuff, majority of the time they're fine. You hardly ever mm-hmm. need to use it. So you can kind of not always have it on every single day, but sure. let's just say you go for a walk or you have people coming over yeah. um, or you're going to have your dog off leash. I would, I would want to make sure that in those moments, because those are more exciting things or more fun things, I want to make sure that I can still effectively communicate with my dog yeah. and not struggle in those random moments that I need to. Um. So a lot of people look at it as like, oh, that's something I should be getting rid of. And I'm like, well, if you get rid of that, you're going back to the tools you were using before yeah. that weren't working for you, which is what brought you here. So a lot of people right. are thinking, oh, I'm constantly like having to use things to make sure my dogs listens. <laughs> but the thing is, like I said, they're not a robot. Yeah. They have their own personality. They own, they have their own drives and stuff like that. So the only way for you guys to live in harmony is for there to be effective communication. So yeah. if you're trying to completely get rid of it you're slowly going to shrink back to where you were because now in all those little moments where your dog is thinking oh is this rule still the same or mm-hmm. can you know is this still expected me or not and then in those moments they get away with it because you don't have a tool to effectively communicate that right yeah that's where they start slipping back up like oh you can't reinforce things anymore you're letting me get away with things now that i wasn't you know doing before yeah and then you start getting frustrated and then the dog's like well this is what I'm allowed to do because you're not yeah. communicating with me otherwise in a way that I understand. Yeah. And then that's where people get back in that loop. Right. So. So, so the, yeah. Cause I'm trying to think of an analogy that would kind of best suit it to bring it down to like a, a layman's term level. Cause if you take away the crate 
the e-collar, the prong collar, all these different things, all the different proper tools that you need to more effectively communicate with your dog. Mm -hmm. The scenario that I'm thinking of is like, okay, there are, we're married, you know, there are multiple times where we're cuddling, whatever. And as a joke, I'll be like, I want you to like kind of move your arm because it's in like in my back area where I need to lay down or whatever. But I won't use my words. I'll be like, eh, and I'll just kind of grunt. You yeah. know what I mean? And every single time you do it, you're like, use your words because <laughs> that's the most effective tool to get you to understand what I'm saying. Right. So I'm not trying to assume or Correct. anything like that. But if I took that away, if you took away talking with your words to your spouse, mm-hmm. there's way more room for assumption. Right. There's way more room for not understanding. So... Think of the words like the e-collar. Think of the words like the prong collar. If you are going to take away the prong collar and the e-collar with your dog, you can still communicate with them in some other ways, kind of. But the most effective way to do this is with the tools that Mm -hmm. we're giving, whether that's through advice or whatever. And... So any anybody out there that says, oh, I would rather not use a prong collar forever. I'd rather not use an e-collar forever. You're taking away the communication level of speaking to your spouse. Mm -hmm. You're not going to have a good relationship with your spouse if you stop talking to them. Mm -hmm. Cold turkey. You're just not going to do that. It's just stupid. Right. So, yeah. yeah. And dogs aren't born knowing English, right? So we constantly need something to bridge the gap to make sure that communication is there. Right. Um, Which is why there's a foundation with training and training tools to make sure that that's an understood thing. Yeah. Um, And it's kind of like, you know, if you have your dog off leash a lot, you know, there might be a random animal or a squirrel Mm -hmm. or a person that you weren't expecting (laughs) to be on the same path that you walk every day that no one is ever on. And suddenly that's there. And let's just say um, that person also has their dog and your dog is not friendly or it is friendly, but the Mm -hmm. other dog's not friendly. And suddenly your dog's like oh, I'm normally fine off leash because we don't encounter anything, so we don't have any issues coming back. Yeah. But this one time, you need your dog to come back, but yeah. they're like, ooh, dog, that's yep. exciting. Yep. And you don't have tools in place to reinforce your dog's recall sure. if they're ignoring you. Yeah. Now your dog may run up to that other dog that's not friendly, and now mm-hmm. it's your fault if a fight breaks out because you didn't have control of your off-leash no dog. No tools at all. Um, And so that's where I tell people of, you know, it's kind of like no one plans on getting into an accident, like a car crash or anything yeah. like that. But almost everybody usually wears a seatbelt. They yeah. pretty much can go their whole life without ever actually needing that seatbelt. Right. But we wear it every single time we get in the car. Because of what could happen. Because of what could happen Correct. just in case. Right. So it's not a management tool. It's literally there for safety. Correct. Um, so like, you know, for this analogy, if your dog is going to be off leash, they're still an animal. Yep. You can't control outside situations. Right. Why not make sure right. you can communicate with your dog and still allow them to have that fun and that freedom right. while also making sure that you can actually hold them accountable sure. to being, you know, having that privilege of having that freedom. Yeah. And that goes hand in hand with the idea of the association mm-hmm. with certain mindsets. Humans will automatically associate certain feelings to dogs. Mm-hmm. Oh, my dog knows that this means this. Therefore, if I take it off of them then they won't do it again because they know it's going to happen if they were to do that. Mm-hmm. Okay, I have an e-collar on my dog. They go outside, they see a squirrel, they bolt after it. I press the button, let them know, hey, you need to not do that. And they come back to me. Fine, they, I've communicated not to do that. Mm-hmm. You associate it with a no, you, you mark it, whatever you need to do. But then you put your dog outside, sees the same squirrel, Jerry we will call him, <laughs> and uh, you don't have the e-collar on. And then you say no again. You're marking that they're not supposed to do this, but you can't communicate that no because there's no e-collar. 
Right. I mean, you might have a built up relationship of, okay, there is reinforcement behind right. that. No. But if you let that no go so many times yeah. and they're now struggling with right. it to where there's nothing backing it up again, yeah. that's where they're going to be like, oh, that's becoming less meaningless because yeah. there's, wow, there's less meaningless, less meaningless. There's less meaning behind <laughs> it, <laughs> um, which obviously the whole topic is puppies and we're kind yeah. of leaning in a few different directions. Sure. But that does bring me back to the whole puppy thing of, yeah. Don't give your dog so much freedom mm -hmm. unless they earn that privilege. Sure. So when you have a puppy, they're brand new. They're like a little kid. Yeah. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know if they stick their finger in a toaster or when it's on that it's going to hurt <laughs> until they figure it out. Right. So that's where yeah. we need to guide them and help them kind of be right. productive and learn good habits. So right. um, making sure that you're structuring things with your dogs of like obviously crating throughout the day, crating at night, constant potty breaks, management yeah. with food and water. Um, and I always tell people too, if you've got a dog that's, you know, eating multiple meals a day um, rather than just letting them eat out of a bowl, you can actually, oops, <laughs> you can actually use um, that, that food during their training session. So rather than just giving it to them three times a day in a bowl, you yeah. can actually use that to also work on your relationship and training and kind of create that drive of working with you to get the things that they need rather than just getting it all. Yeah. Themselves. Sure. Um, so that's where you can start teaching the basics of sit down, come, all that thing, all those things. And then that's where you're also going to need all that thing to work on <laughs> leash training too. Right. So just having them drag it around, get used to feeling that pressure crawl right. around their neck. Um, and then that's where the reinforcement is going to come in of when you're working on recall or the sit that you have something physical there that you can kind of help them with mm -hmm. to kind of like physically direct them. Yeah. Um, and then that's where you're going to have to, you know, go from there of management. Okay. Of like train time, play time. Cool. Now we're making sure that we're managing everything to where you're not getting into things that you're not supposed to have. So mm -hmm. chewing on things, um, you know, getting into shoes, getting into trash. Right. Because so, again, it's a puppy. It's a puppy. It's an animal. Um, and you know, when it comes to potty training and stuff like that, if your dog has an accident, yeah, it's okay. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, don't lose your mind. <laughs> don't lose your mind. This doesn't need to become like yeah. a yelling fest. Obviously, you can do like a quick no or kind of yeah. clap your hands, kind of startle them out of it a little yeah. bit. But immediately take them outside, see if they need to go to the bathroom any further. Yeah. And from there, it's over with. Don't mm -hmm. take your dog's face and shove it in it. Don't make a huge ordeal. Or if you catch it after it happens, mm -hmm. leave it alone. Yeah. Um, if you can't catch it in the moment, your dog's not going to learn that that's not what you want them to do. Yeah. So if you're finding it five minutes later, telling your dog that they did something bad oh, they're not and taking them to the spot. Yeah. They're, it's not going to help you get anywhere. They're yeah. not going to learn anything from it because it needs to happen right in that moment. Otherwise, yeah. your, your opportunity to kind of teach yeah is gone so that's where management and you know if you can catch something in the act that's fine mm -hmm. but if not S saying you a full sentence to your dog don't take a crap on the kitchen floor <laughs> they don't know what that means right. they don't know yeah so that's different than if your child takes a dump on the kitchen floor mm -hmm. if they're you know eight weeks old they're not going to know anything but right. you know if they're eight years old yeah, they'll know. Yeah. I shouldn't do that. Why? Because that's the communication tool you use mm -hmm. that they can properly communicate with. Um, and that's the other thing is the, the original question was what advice would you have for bringing a puppy into the family or into the situation that you're in? Mm -hmm. If you do not understand, and I cannot stress this enough, that this is an animal. Mm -hmm. People will associate bringing, bringing a puppy into the family. Oh, it's one of us. It's a part of the family in the sense of a relationship status. Right. It's in your house. It, it lives there. 
that puppy is not your sibling. That puppy is not your child. It's not a human. It's not a human. It's still an animal it at is the an, end of the day. It is an animal that you are training or that mm-hmm. you're getting someone to train. And if you go into that mindset and have that mindset through the entire process from when it's in your house to when it dies, everything will go a little bit better for you. Yeah. Um, because again, all these things that you're saying or that the examples that we're giving, you've probably seen it once or twice. Mm-hmm. Um, so adopt, adopt a spirit of humbleness, I would <laughs> say. Ado- adopt that understanding of this is a animal. Yeah. I tell people all the time that even though they are a family member, they are still a dog mm-hmm. at the end of the day. And dogs are not born into this world yeah. knowing how to live in a human world. Yeah. They're an animal, right? You te- you put that dog in the woods. So they'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> they'll be fine. <laughs> I mean, if you spoil the heck out of them, they yeah. might not know what to do. Cause they'll figure it out though. It's, you know, kind of like, yeah, they'll figure it out. Yeah. Anyways, my point is, <laughs> is that, um, they're still an animal at the end of yeah. the day and you are the sole provider that yeah. is giving them structure and guidance and essentially learning or teaching them how to coexist in a human world. Yeah. And for them to not be a stress yeah. in your life, there are certain standards you need to hold your dog to for them to understand rules of mm-hmm. how to be a good member of society. Yeah. Um, now, obviously, if you're having trouble doing that, that's where you reach out to people like us mm-hmm. <laughs> so we can help you. But in general, dogs need rules. They need structure. Yeah. They need to know right from wrong. They also need to know what you want them to do and, and you teaching them good habits. But they also need yeah. consequences for things that are wrong. Yeah. Um, because like at the end of the day, you have an, an animal living in a human world. And mm-hmm. if you expect them to just know how that works, yeah. that's where you have a dog that's completely out of control yeah. or just doing whatever the heck they want. And then they're a nuisance or they develop such bad behaviors that now that they're aggressive and mm-hmm. they're biting people and, you know, they have to be put down. Right. Um, so just making sure, you know, which that can kind of lead into the socialization part of training. Yeah. Um, a lot of people think, oh, okay, I need to take my dog everywhere. Yeah. I need them to meet every single person on the planet. They have to hear every single noise. Let's, to an let's ex- overwhelm them. To an extent, yes. Your puppy has like a window. I think it's between um, like eight weeks and 16 weeks. So that mm-hmm. you kind of have like a two-month period of when they're most kind of absorbent to all that information that's really going to help them when they get older. Yeah. Um, but a lot of people you know, because they're so worried about, oh, my dog's not vaccinated yet or whatnot. So they literally keep them in a, you know, confined, confined in the yeah. house and they never experience anything. So obviously don't go to high traffic dog parks or anything like that where <laughs> diseases are rampant, but you can take your dog to like a dog friendly store. I mean, yeah, you know, clean places are totally sure. fine or being on the outskirts of, you know, observing stuff. Yeah. Um, and if, you most- have a, if you have a neighborhood that has dogs in fence areas by you, Take them for a walk down that area. Yeah, even experience. though they've not had their vaccinations, it yeah. doesn't mean your dog can't go anywhere. Yes. Um, and you definitely want them to experience things. So what I mean by experience um, is that they're learning to just understand different situations and mm-hmm. coexisting and just kind of learning that, you know, if they're nervous of it, that it's not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. Um, or loud noise is going to get used to that, um, being around different people and stuff like that. Um. And contrary to what most people think, when you socialize dogs with people, they don't all need to be petted by mm-hmm. every single person. Sure, yeah. if you know if your dog is a little, is like happy to see people. Sure, every once in a while you can let someone pet them and make sure you're teaching a proper grading and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but if every time you're going in public, 
and you're forcing your dog to interact with everything, you're teaching a couple of things that you don't want. One is we go places and I'm teaching you to disconnect from me and be involved in everything else but me. Yeah. Because then when your dog gets older, then we're going to be pulling you and trying to get attention and information from everybody else yeah. except for you. So sure. you're kind of unintentionally teaching the one thing you don't want. Yeah. Um, what that also does is puts your dog in a situation where at a certain point that they're then expecting, okay, every time I'm out in public, I'm forced to interact with everything. Yeah. And some people might think, oh, my dog is so happy to say hi and all that stuff. They might be, but a lot of people confuse um, excitement yeah. with anxiety. Yeah. We get that all the time. My dog's just happy all the time. No, they're just anxious and they don't know how to shut themselves they, off. They don't they're want not to be in the situation. Yeah. happy or excited all the time. Yeah. Um, and we'll go into how to identify the difference and all that stuff. Yeah. So you want to make sure if you want a dog that's not out of control in public, you need to teach them to coexist with everything, but not that they need to be involved or actually yeah. interact with everything. Right. Because um, if you have a dog that's always in a million different situations and, um, you know, kind of greeting people every so often, you're going to have a dog that you can literally take in any environment because they're like, cool, I go here. Mm -hmm. There's a bunch of people everywhere. I'm so used to this. Yep. I don't feel pressure. Like yeah. dogs, you know, people are going to be touching me all the time and, mm -hmm. um, or that I'm going to be forced to interact with something that makes me uncomfortable. Um, and so that's a lot of like what we do if we take dogs in public, which yeah. I did this a lot more before we got married and stuff, but I take dogs to, um, like Lowe's all the time. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people are like, you know, it, are you not socializing the dogs? And I'm like, socializing a dog is just getting them out in public and teaching them how to interact with that yeah. environment, which most people just want a well-behaved dog. Right. So teaching your dog to just kind of be neutral, coexist, yeah. be calm, um, in a lot of different scenarios is really going to help them out, especially if you have a puppy that's more fearful. Sure. Um, the last thing you want to do is have everybody touch your dog, like I said, because sure. then they're going to be like, okay, cool, now I'm nervous. And yeah. the thing that's making me nervous is now touching me. Sure. It's all over me. I can't get away from it. So at a certain point, your dog's either going to be like, Hey, can you help me out? But if you're the one forcing it and you know, you know, you're not advocating for your dog, then they're going to eventually get to a point when they're older, where they then become reactive sure. or they start nipping at people because right. they're like, I'm giving you all this. the cues that I'm yeah. uncomfortable. I'm now forced every single time I go out in public to Take be touched. Hands, yeah. Um, so. and then they're like, the only thing I have to do is put this all in my own hands of now I have to use my teeth, which yep. is a dog's way of being like, Hey, leave me alone. Yep. Um, and now you're like, Oh, my dog's aggressive. Now I got to put him down. I'm yeah. Gonna... And then you got a whole nother thing. Yep. Um, so you actually, you know, advocating for your dog and helping them just, like I said, coexist in every environment, whether they're excited about it or nervous about it yeah. is going to help them be more, you know, sure. okay. And in, in a yep. healthy mindset with it all. So, yeah. So, plain and simple, raising a puppy is hard. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Uh, don't don't think that it's all uh, sparkles and pumpkin pie or whatever. <laughs> but it's 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 very because uh, again, I've never done it, but mm -hmm. I trust my wife, so it's very difficult. <laughs> um, and just the logic of it all, it's very difficult. But um, it's not impossible. We're here for the help, and uh, we'll, we'll be we'll be here until we're not here anymore. <laughs> um, but yeah, who knows? Maybe one day when we get a puppy, we'll, we'll, we'll come back and I'll be able to give you, you know, uh, start a series. We'll start a series. Yeah. I don't know. Andrew's advice. <laughs> don't get a puppy. No. Uh, well, yeah, we're, we're running out of time here. Um, but we appreciate all the listeners. Uh, again, if you have questions, 
us. Please let us know. Rise above the pack, Instagram. Um, Obviously, if you don't, that's okay. That's but fine. But don't assume that you're, <laughs> someone else is going to do it. If you generally have a question, ask the question. Yeah. If you generally want to get our opinion, ask our opinion. doesn't matter what it is. My favorite breed of dog is a golden retriever. <laughs> that There you go. I just answered probably 20 <laughs> questions right there. Um, so, yeah, I, I found it interesting. I was kind of laughing because we were coming home from uh, my... I almost said parent-in-laws, my in-laws um, tonight. And I was, I was kind of thinking about the way that I finished off the last episode. And I said, uh, keep your dogs close. And then you said, keep your treats closer. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, I don't know. I think that's funny. Anyways, keep your dogs close and your treats closer. Um, or just your training tools in general. Just your training Which tools. Which is a form of a training An tool. An early but... training tool, yes. <laughs> it's not going to be your cure-all. But um, yeah. anyways, we appreciate all the listens. And... Uh, have a good have a good Monday. Have a good rest of your week and and we'll talk to you next week. Bye. See y'all. <laughs>